You're listening to the Northeast Newscast, episode 102. On this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast, we are speaking with Sergeant Joey Roberts, supervisor of KCPD's Mounted Patrol Unit. Roberts discusses what a day in the life of a Mounted Patrol officer looks like, the importance of community policing, what the training looks like for both officers and horses, and introduces us to a few of the hardworking horses that make up the unit. I grew up on a hog and cattle farm in northeast rural Missouri. I went in the Marine Corps right outside of high school. I knew I wanted to get in law enforcement. I worked for a small sheriff's department for about a year prior to getting hired on Kent City. And I've been up here for about 23 years now. I've been with Mountain Patrol for 12 years. Oh, I love Mountain Patrol. You know, I've seen a lot of different aspects of policing over, you know, over my career. You know, riding through the same neighborhoods on a horse, it doesn't even compare. I mean, the level of engagement we have with the community where people come out and want to talk to us and get rid of that stigma that all, the police officers are the boogeyman, that we're normal, good people that, you know, just want to help the public and be members in the community. You know, mounted patrols have so many facets. I mean, from the crowd control to the tower of police visibility, you know, it's the community engagement because, you know, I spent a lot of time in East Patrol in a police car and the acceptance that we had riding through neighborhoods in a car is totally different than on a horse. I mean, you ride through a neighborhood on a car, you know, people are more apt to, you know, go back inside or they're not as willing to engage, you know, come out and wave the officers down and talk to us. And the thing is, we all know that, you know, it takes a village to fix the crime problems. I mean, it takes everybody. The more we can get out and communicate with the community and develop those, you know, lines of communication where we can find out what's going on in neighborhoods, that's what makes it so important. You know, and that's one of the main things that we do when we're out patrolling. I mean, we're doing proactive enforcement as well, but we're also, you know, getting people to open up lines of communication, talk to us, find out what's going on in the neighborhoods. Uh, you know, everybody loves horses. I mean, they're, you know, horses are very approachable. You know, the public likes to, you know, come out and pet them. And, and that's just a, it's an icebreaker. And, you know, that's really what it is. It's an icebreaker that starts that communication line. When we first get here, I mean, the first thing, it's all about horse care. So we come in, uh, the horses have been all night with whatever hay they got that evening prior. So we come in and we throw hay. Uh, We'll give them a little bit of time, about 15 minutes or so to eat hay. Give them time to eat their grain. Well, then we start pulling horses out that are getting groomed out and going out to deploy that day. And if officers are off, say they're on days off or vacation or whatever, uh, those horses will get turned out. Every horse gets turned out every day, either whether they're deployed riding, whether they're just here at the barn, they need their exercise time because, you know, they're in a, you know, 12 by 14 stall. And so we want to make sure that they don't have to be stuck in there any more than they have to. So once the horses are tacked up and ready to go, officers will get themselves ready. And again, we've got, you know, some pretty targeted project areas where we're focusing on specific times of day, days of the week and specific areas for you know, patterns of crime. Uh, we've been partnering with Major Niemeyer on that, and so that's where our deployments go. We also have a lot of scheduling events that come down from various, you know, community groups and throughout the department, neighborhood picnics or gatherings, school events, so we get pulled all over. And there's only, there's six officers and a sergeant for the entire unit, and we're a seven-day-a-week operation. So regardless of what's going on in the city, this place has to get operated seven days a week because horses have to get cared for, rotated, turned out, fed, all that kind of stuff. We also got to muck all the stalls in the barn. 
and usually that'll happen if I have an extra man that I can keep behind they'll take care of that but if it's the same officers that are deploying that's having to muck stalls usually they'll get their horses ready hurry up muck out all the stalls which can take depending on how many officers I have it can take up to an hour hour and a half we do everything I mean we do everything from you know fencing repairs like all the fencing that you see out out back uh, we built all that uh, I mean, we've done electrical, we've done, you know, we replace ballasts and lights, lights, pretty much are self-sufficient out here. We fix, even fix our own flat tires most of the time. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's the thing in a unit like this, you know, you have to be self-sufficient. I mean, it's, yeah, we've got a lot of equipment, you know, a lot of trailer tires to deal with and, you know, latches get broke, horses break things sometimes. And, you know, it's not like you, you can just pick up a phone and, you know, call building maintenance or something to come out and they'd be here every day if, if that was the case and they don't have the manpower for that either but yeah we take care of everything all the officers that are out here right now besides myself had zero riding experience when they came here a lot of people think oh everybody grew up riding horses and that's why they came to mount it well that's that's not necessarily the case and actually you know when i'm interviewing for the position of officers coming out here i'm looking at what their work ethic is you know how good of police officers they are because we can teach them how to ride if you're not a great cop or you know, very proactive. I mean, I can't fix that. I mean, either you have it or you don't, but we can teach you how to ride. So as long as you're you know, willing and a good street cop, that's kind of the criteria. Basically everything when it comes to horse training, it's about a line of communication between you and the horse. You know, when they come in, if you think about it like this, the horse, you know, may speak Spanish and we speak English. And so you've got, you got to develop a line of communication between you and the horse. So it starts on the ground, just, you know, based on pressure and release and getting them used to that. Uh, and them understanding what it is you're asking. I don't want to say it's an eight-week training process because it's really not. It's all based on the rider and the rider's time because you can't put a time frame on it. You know, some officers learn at a higher rate than others, uh, but they have to be able to demonstrate certain characteristics. They have to be able to walk, control, trot, canter, side pass, and side passing is where the horses move sideways because everything we do is based off leg pressure. So like when we're out there, I mean, the goal is we want our horses to respond and the person standing there not even have any clue what we just asked the horse to do. It's so subtle. It could be a tightening of the, of the calf or just literally a rotation of the wrist. I mean, we want our horses so supple that and moving freely off leg pressure that if we need to, you know, push somebody up against a wall or clear a street or, you know, I mean, the horse needs to be able to respond like that. It's getting out in the, in the arena, you know, working on leg aids and building that line of communication between you and your horse. There's so much of it that operates off feel. You know, we're putting anywhere from 1,500 to, I've got a horse now that's 2,500 pounds. So we're putting them out there on the street in, you know, high stress situations with people all around, like in Westport. There's no room for error. You know, I make sure that, you know, everybody passes the riding test first and that the horse has the, you know, the mental aptitude and disposition to be able to do the job, which brings me to my next step is the horse selection. I'm in the process right now. I'm trying to replace a couple of horses or actually get a new horse in and replace one. All our horses are donated. We have a not-for-profit that helps us buy them as well. You know, we have a limited budget. You know, I'm going all over the place trying to find horses that are suitable for this job. You know, it takes the right type of attitude of a horse and disposition to be able to do the job. And we want them to be about 17 hands tall. And the reason for that is from a crowd control perspective, the tower of visibility, all that kind of thing, the height advantage does give us an advantage. You know, when we're breaking up fights in Westport or we're doing 
crowd control things. I mean, if you ride in on a little bitty 15-hand quarter horse versus an 18-hand draft horse, there's a big difference. And, you know, what we want is we want to be able to have the biggest impact with the least amount of aggression. Uh, so when we ride up and ask people to move out of the street, again, if you're on a little 15-hand horse, you know, it's not near as intimidating as a big 18-hand horse. So the goal is to be able to get the people out of the street or break up a fight without even making physical contact. Uh, so it's the most effective, but it's the least aggressive if you think about, about it like that. You know, they're super effective in that regard. It's really hard finding horses that can do everything from, you know, firing shots off their back to riding through smoke or downtown traffic and semis. And, you know, the horse has to have everything in order to make this program. I've got a horse behind me right here that didn't pass the, the medical exam. You know, they're on concrete pavement, you know, 95% of the time. So one of the main things that we look at is their feet. And their feet have to be, you know, perfectly sound and, you know, no issues there because if the hoof breaks, breaks down, everything else can break down. The main thing I'm looking for is disposition. That nice, kind, quiet eye, that self-confidence. I mean, because we've taken them pretty green and we can teach them the leg aids and further break them, make them you know, a lot more supple to leg pressure and different things like that, but we can't fix what's in their mind. So either they have that self-confidence and kind, quiet eye and are just, you know, laid back and all that, or, or they don't. That's something we can't fix. And that's the hardest thing, because I mean, when you go out there to interview a horse on a, you know, on a ranch or farm, you know, we try to throw everything at them. I mean, we'll bring bull whips and drums and flares and you've got to do it in time because everything has to be done on the horse's time. So in a short amount of time, like a, an hour long interview with the horse, you're trying to determine, you know, as we build this horse up, is he going to be able to get through all these things? Is he going to be able to get through me firing shots off his back? Or if we're in Westport and we have a crowd of people running at us, is he going to be able to keep his feet planted? Or if I need to go in and break up a fight, you know, is he going to engage? You know, there's a lot of those things that you don't know until you get them through the process. And we, all our horses, we take them on a 90-day trial period. Now, that's whether we, whether they're a donated horse or whether we're, our not-for-profit is looking at buying the horse. They have to go through that 90-day trial period because, you know, that gives me at least 90 days to determine, you know, does he have all the characteristics? Is, is he going to be able to make the program? Is he going to be safe? Because, I mean, if a horse has a propensity to, when something scares him, to take off running, that's a disqualifier. We can't have any bolting horses, and we expect our horses to, you know, flinch or jump, but they need to keep their feet planted. Um, so, and if they can't do that, then you know, they can't make the program. Okay, uh, right now I have nine horses, one of which is being returned today because he didn't make the 90-day trial period. Essentially what we're looking for is draft crosses or drafts. We have some full draft horses, which are your Percherons, Percheron Shires, you know, a Clydesdale's a draft, but that's essentially what type of horse we're looking for is the draft crosses. So like a Percheron cross with a quarter horse. And the reason is, is we want them, again, to meet that 17 hand mark. Drafts have that nice, kind, quiet eye. They're a little bit more laid back, most of them. But yet, if you cross it with a quarter horse, you still get that athleticism. If you need to get somewhere fast, I mean, they're they're very versatile. So that's essentially what we're looking for. Uh, Samson here, he's, again, exactly that. He's a Percheron paint cross. He's nice and tall, but yet he's... You know, still a little bit slender, so he's agile and, you know, moves his feet well. Uh, we have Bear, who's a, he's a Shire paint. He came from up around Smithville. You know, he's about 16'3", so just, you know, a good size. Yeah, this horse over here, this is Leader. Uh, Leader was actually purchased for us by Lead Bank of Kansas City. He is a 15-year-old Percheron Quarter Cross, and he's been with our program about five years now. 
we had an interview here a while back with, I can't remember what news station it was, but the reporter's like, he's the LeBron James of police horses is what they said. And then this guy, if you want to see a giant horse, this is Angus, and he is a Percheron Shire cross. So basically two draft horses crossed together. And he is 18-2 and he weighs about 2,000 pounds. And it's one of those things, I mean, I, I like these big draft horses, but I would prefer the draft crosses just because, one, they're not so giant. You know, his feet are like this big around. So our farriers don't like these guys that much. Right now, what we're focusing on is uh, we're focusing on enforcement. We're still doing a lot of the community stuff that we've been doing. I mean, we want people to come out and talk to us. Uh, we want that community engagement. Uh, we're working a program right now with uh, Major Niemeyer doing like targeted approach with specific areas at specific times, specific days of the week even, and specific people. So that's been our main focus right now is hitting those, you know, certain areas that we've got patterns of, you know, violent crime activity, thefts, different, you know, all kinds of different issues. So that is, you know, that's our main focus. You know, what kind of sets us apart, you know, I feel like we're kind of a jack of all trades. You know, the department gets a lot of bang for their buck when, you know, when we're patrolling through neighborhoods, we're one, a tower of visibility, which everybody knows that crime deterrent is visibility. I mean, visibility is what stops crimes from happening. The more officers they see, you know, stick out as a beam of light that there's officers in the neighborhood, you know, crime drops. So we've got that going for us because, again, we, you know, we're on 17, 18 hand horses that weigh 2,000 pounds. And uh, so there's that aspect. But again, the community engagement, you know, again, it, it takes a village of people to solve issues within communities. It takes everybody. I mean, you know, officers are just the catalyst. I mean, we handle calls for service, you know, we go and, you know, make arrests and things like that. But it takes everybody collectively to solve, you know, community crime problems. And our job is getting out, engaging with the community while we're doing enforcement, while we're making arrests, uh, and developing those lines of communication to gather intel, gather information, develop sources that, you know, can help us with these things. Communities, they live there 24-7. They're in these neighborhoods 24-7. They know what's going on. They know who's doing what. You know, our job is to get out and engage with them. And the horses are the best catalyst for that. Because again, everybody loves horses. Everybody wants to come out and talk to horses. Kids come out. You know, the more we can engage, engage with the community now and, you know, develop the, the bonds between the police and the communities and let these kids know that we're, you know, again, we're not the boogeyman. You know, we're out there to help them. We're out there to assist with quality of life type issues and mounted, you know, we were kind of a jack of all trades in that. You know, for what six officers and a sergeant do, there's a, a lot of facets of, of what mounted does. Everything that you see out here with regard to the horses, the equipment, the automatic water systems that you see in the saw, we currently have two not-for-profits that raise money for us. A lot of times there's this misconception with the community that uh, mounted is a economic issue or cost. We're in a rent-free facility through Parks and Rec. We partner with them, providing security up here on the hill. We have zip line across the street and having you know police up there kind of helps the city in that regard. So there's no cost for us being in the facility. All the training that we go through, all paid for by not-for-profit. You know, we're in the process now of purchasing a new trailer because the ones that were purchased back 14 years ago when the unit was started, they're starting to fall apart. Uh, we've already replaced one, but the not-for-profit's in the process of replacing another, as well as a truck uh, here in the near future. Without these two not-for-profits, it would make our job a lot more difficult. One's can sit called the Kansas City, Missouri Mounted Patrol. It's a 501c3. And the other one is the Friends of the Kansas City Mounted Patrol. 
yeah, they're very supportive and actually already started a sponsorship program to garner more funds and where each of the horse can get sponsored. Uh, I've got word that uh, the Mavericks, I think are thinking about sponsoring one. We've got a couple other businesses I don't want to dime them out on, on here, but there's there's several other big corporations that are looking at sponsoring and we can hope, hopefully get them on board and we'll have a a plaque on each of the horses stall talking about you know who's sponsoring it you know i got the idea from houston because uh like jj watt he's an nfl player he sponsored one of their horses and they had video of him getting on him texas rangers the houston astros they've all sponsored them i mean they've got all their i think they've got 40 some odd horses and i believe all their horses are sponsored and that's kind of what help helps keep the wheels turning you know keeps us in equipment again training all that paid for by the not-for-profit. Not-for-profits are super important for us out here. And that was Sergeant Joey Roberts, supervisor of KCPD's Mounted Patrol Unit. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. I'm Elizabeth Orozco.